0: Come on, guys! Make some noise if you're excited for the bold experience. That's awesome. That is so cool, guys. I've got a bold shirt on actually, and I'm very proud to wear it. And the cool thing is, is that over half of you guys have already registered for the bold conference, and I'm so. Excited to see all of you guys there. By the way, the due date to register is only two weeks away. It's two, it's the week, the Wednesday after next Wednesday. And that is the due date to register for the Bull experience. You do not want to miss out on this. Just ask anybody who has gone before you. It is an incredible time. It is a fun time. We're staying at hotels, we're taking buses, so you have that experience. But most importantly, it's a time where people are gathering together. Hundreds and hundreds of teenagers are gathering together from across the Kansas City area and even the nation to set aside and consecrate themselves for God. And it is just an incredible, uh, amazing experience. Uh, the cost for BOLD is $2.99 for the entire experience, but we do have financial assistance available. If that is not affordable to you, um, just go to journeykc.com slash BOLD and you will find all the details there. So, so excited for the BOLD experience. It is coming right up, guys. It's only a couple months away. That is so cool. All right, I need a volunteer who can, let's see, does anybody even have POP with them? Anybody, I I've got a couple people. Got a couple people. Okay, here's what we're going to do. I'm just need a volunteer who's just going to pray over us. Is there somebody out there that wants to pray for us? I'm trying to do crickets. All right, Lelani, come on. Give her a hand, you guys. She's going to come on up. I can't make a good cricket sound effect. I'm sorry, guys. Oh, you've got to pop anyways. Go ahead and do it. That's awesome. So pray over us and then count us down.
1: Jesus, I... I just pray over tonight that we would get the answers that we're looking for, maybe not the ones that we're looking for specifically, but answers. That we would that we would strengthen ourselves in the word that Sean has today, and that we would learn to grow deeper into who you are and your love and to show the fruits of the Spirit. I pray <laughs> I just pray that. We would see how good you are and we would remember how good you are. That it wouldn't just be a moment, just a split second, that we would remember it. It would stay etched into our brains and that we would we would allow ourselves to grow. We wouldn't hold back anything, that we would take the step that God is calling us to. Take, in Jesus' name,
2: amen. amen. Awesome. You want to count us down? For the three people that have the pop, go for it. Oh my God!
0: Oh my gosh. All right. Gotcha.
1: Three, two, one.
0: Nice. That's awesome. That is awesome. There's always one. There's always one that does it early. All right guys, tonight I'm gonna be preaching to you a message titled, Got Offense? Got offense, because here's the thing, the answer to that question for everybody, at least at some point in our life, is yes. Yes, we have all at some point had an offense in our heart and um, if you don't think so, I'm gonna show you guys some pictures that made me upset And then you guys might have offense against me after that. So let's throw up the first one. They're they're upsetting, guys. This is upsetting. This is an offensive picture. All right, let's put up the next one. Okay, that's... okay. Can anyone admit that they've actually done this before? Okay, my hand is up. I've done this at least twice. Wow, everybody, that was surprising. Let's throw up the next one. Okay, that's pretty bad. Can anyone admit that they've done this? My hand's up. (laughs) They took a big chunk out of that too, because those aren't small. Those are a decent size. Okay, the last one is the most infuriating one of them all. That's horrible. Who said that wasn't bad? No, that's horrible. I saw somebody, I think my mom did that a couple weeks ago, I was over at their house. I think that was who it was. And I was like, why would you ever do that? That's awful. Man, so. I saw these pictures, and I saw ones that were even worse than that. And I'll tell you, I had I had a little bit of offense rise up in my heart towards the people that are doing these stupid, crazy atrocities. Like I don't know, I know, I know. It's, it was really freaking me out. But there are all times in our life where we have had an offense rise up inside of us. At some point or another, maybe that's directed towards a person, maybe they did you, like they did something wrong to you, maybe that's directed towards a group of people, a company, uh, just any situation, and that's it, those pictures, like we've all had an offense rise up inside of us, and let me define offense for you guys, because I, I saw that word and I was like, okay, I think I know what that means, but I, I want to get into it. So an offense is an annoyance or resentment brought about by a perceived insult or disregard for one's standards or principles. So it's like you're annoyed or you feel like you've been insulted because someone has, not re- someone has disregarded your standards or principle. And another way to put it is a thing that constitutes a violation of what is judged to be right or natural. So it is a violation of something good and oftentimes done by somebody else towards us. And we have all, all of us have experienced this at some point, another offense has happened and will happen in our life. And for a lot of us in this room, I think we would like, it might be hard to admit, but we may be even carrying around an offense with us of something that's happened maybe last week, maybe last month, or maybe even years ago. And I think this is something that we all struggle with from time to time. I've got a quick story about an offense that I actually had to deal with with um at my old job with one of my co-workers and um he was, he was my co-worker and then he became my manager because he got promoted and while well, he was a co-worker he was super annoying and i felt like he hated me and he didn't change when he became a manager let's just say that at the job we had to sort through a bunch of electronics and a bunch of stuff and um you know i i felt like i couldn't prove it but i felt like he kept giving me the worst palettes to sort through. Um, He didn't actually give me this one, but this is an example of what we deal with. Let's throw that picture up on the screen. Yeah, it it was not fun. I'm gonna, I don't think I'm allowed to name drop. I'm gonna get a no on that. I can't name drop who, which company sent us this palette. I think that breaks like a, like an NDA or something. But this was the worst palette I have ever had to sort through and it was smelly. We found syringes. It was a food company. I don't know. That was concerning. We found syringes. We found um, meatloaf wrapped in foil. It was a corn dog. It was a corn dog. Yeah. It was a corn dog, and it was basically all green. Like it was not fun stuff. But this, you know, this coworker turned manager. I felt I couldn't prove it, but I felt like he kept giving me pallets like this, and so we had to put, you know, that's Jonathan on the screen there with me. We we toughed it out. Talk to management, and the management talked to the company. Hopefully, they kept sending us more stuff like that, so I don't think that actually happened. But I'll tell you, I had—I I, I had to admit—and I actually talked to him about it and apologized that I had an offense against him in my heart that was to the point that when I saw him, I could just feel my stress level rise up. Right? Has anybody like been in a situation like that? You just feel your stress level rise up when you're in that situation, or you see that person. And again, we have all had something similar happen to us. So when we have something like this, I think it's important that we look towards scripture and we find out how we can navigate this situation. Because I believe that holding an offense against something or someone can be really dangerous and bad for us. And I believe, like I said, I believe this message is for everyone here tonight, but I strongly believe that if you feel like you are currently dealing with an offense against a person or against whatever, um, just kind of like how I was, maybe it's less than that, maybe it's worse than that, then I, wanna, I want you to especially pay attention to this because I believe this is going to set you free tonight. I believe that's gonna, this message is going to set some people free tonight. So I'm going to look towards the Bible. I want to see... And allow the Bible to be my guide on this journey and I want to first know the dangers of holding an offense The dangers of holding an offense and I found Proverbs 19 11. it says good sense and discretion can make a man slow to anger And it is his what is that word? Oh, it's not on screen yeah. I'm sorry guys. It is his honor and glory everybody say honor and glory Honor, honor and glory. It is his honor and glory to overlook a transgression or an offense without seeking revenge or harboring resentment. It says good sense and discretion makes a man slow to anger, and it's his honor and glory to overlook an offense. And I'm assuming the opposite is also true, right? The opposite is also true. It would not be honor or glory to not overlook offense. But I, I, I had a question, how can it be this man's honor and glory to look over an offense. How how does that make sense? Why is it his glory? It's like I get that it's our duty to look over offenses, but I don't understand how it can benefit us or how it can be our glory to look over an offense. Like I get that's something we're supposed to do, I get we're told to do that, but how is it our our glory? And uh, I don't know if you guys remember, a few weeks ago I preached a message on uh, fear and how fear takes root in our minds. Who here remembers that message, how fear takes root in our minds and that when we deal with fear, when we deal with any sort of spirit, we need to deal with the spiritual and the natural. You know, We can't just deal with the spiritual and not deal with the natural side effects of having fear. And we can't just deal with the natural without dealing with the spiritual. I believe the same is true here. You can't just deal with the spiritual side of events without dealing with the natural and vice versa. And so I I was looking into the, the physical Effects that offense has on you, and I don't know if anybody else is like this, but I like to overly Research things at like 3 in the morning. Like I've got like a whole Wikipedia threads scrolling on my phone and I came across this article by this medical website and It was talking about how holding an offense or a grudge affects your health and this isn't a Christian source This is just some medical website. It had a doc work, so you know it's true But here's I just want to read a little bit of it for you guys. It says, living in a chronic state of tension disables your body's repair mechanisms, increasing inflammation of, of the stress hormone in your body. Forgiveness engages the parasympathetic nervous system, which helps your immune system function more efficiently and makes room for more feel-good hormones. Isn't that crazy how, when the Bible talks about something, it says how forgiveness is helping you know how forget you shouldn't hold a grudge and how it's your glory and honor to have forgiveness and you see stuff like that in the bible all the time and you keep seeing the parallels That's the bible is like i got I said that first like i got that first the article moved on it says your brain doesn't know what is real and what is imagined when you replay a memory in your mind and you replay an experience you had six months ago your body is reacting as if you're having the same experience over and over and over again so, holding on to offenses begins to take a physical toll on us. Our, we begin to have more stress, we begin to have more fear, we begin to have more anxiety. And I believe, I, I just wonder how many people that are sick all the time, if that is rooted in an offense they are holding on to. I just wonder how many people that are anxious all the time is rooted in an offense. I don't believe it's 100%, but I, would, I wouldn't be surprised if it was high. Just like with fear, you have to deal with the spiritual and the natural. And just like with fear, an offense, holding an offense or holding a grudge or holding unforgiveness towards somebody has spiritual and natural consequences. And it can do spiritual and natural damage to us. And so it is your glory to forgive an offense. And Proverbs, it talks about this all the time. Proverbs seventeen nine says, He who covers and forgives an offense seeks love, but he who repeats or gossips about a matter separates close friends, separates intimate friends. Proverbs 10 12 says, Hatred stirs up strife, but love covers and overwhelms all transgressions, forgiving and overlooking another's faults. You know, it's our honor and glory to have offense, it's our glory to create forgiveness and to create connection, to restore. Connection. I think we all, all of us here want that. Who here wants to pursue forgiveness, right? In our heart of hearts, we all want to pursue forgiveness. But here's the problem. Covering and forgiving an offense feels like an unjust thing to do. Right? Covering, if, if, covering an offense, especially a deep, hurtful, bad offense that someone has towards you and forgiving them almost feels, well, it is the unjust thing to do. It feels like they are getting away with it. It feels like they're cheating the system. It feels like they're just gonna be able to continue to live that lifestyle. And here's the truth, if you were to take your case to like some spiritual court, or just like a court, and you know, the jury and the judge and everybody around you would say, yeah, you are right, you were right, they were wrong, you have a right to hold an offense, you would probably you probably win that case. And the truth is you you have a right to hold an offense because there was an injustice done against you. And that is the natural thing to do is to hold that offense against them and to seek revenge because that's what is going on. is in the offense inside of us is we are holding our right to revenge against that person, whether that's like an actual sort of revenge, like maybe you're, you're going to prank them really hard or something, or maybe that's just like an emotional or just an internal revenge you're having against that person. The, the thing is, what they did to you was wrong. No one's going to argue that it wasn't wrong. What somebody might do to you that was wrong was wrong, right? But it's your right to hold an offense. And the thing about forgiveness is the act of forgiveness is giving up your right to hold an offense, it's giving up your right for revenge. The act of forgiveness is giving up your ability to have a revenge against them now because you are pardoning them, you're overlooking it, you're covering it with love. And I just want to talk about that a little bit. It's one of the biggest things we can learn about, we can learn as Christians, is that our lives should never should not be centered around our rights all the time. You know, again, don't mishear me, but I believe there are definitely things that we need to fight for as far as our rights goes. But if we get too far down the line, then it's going to begin to cause cause issues if we stand and fight for every single right we have, just like we have the right to hold an offense. You know, there's, um, there's a letter Paul was writing to a church, and there was a fighting going on about the Christians um, eating meat that was offered to idols. And some Christians were saying, hey, I don't believe idols are real. I don't believe any, I don't believe any of that. So that meat is perfectly fine because idols aren't real. But the problem was they were causing newer Christians who did believe in those idols to stumble into that. I want to read that passage to you. I'm just gonna skim it. Um, and it's found in 1 Corinthians 8. It says, that, So this is what I say about eating meat sacrificed to idols. We know that an idol is really nothing in this world. We know that there is only one true God, it's really not important. If there are things called gods in heaven or earth. But for us, there's only one God. He's our father. All things came from him. We live for him. There's only one Lord, Jesus Christ. All things were made through Christ, and we have life through him. He's just explaining what they already know. He's saying, yeah, there's only one God. Idols aren't real. You know, people say, people call things lords, people call things gods, but we know that's not real. He says, but not all people know this. Until now, some people have had the habit of worshiping idols. So now when they eat meat, they still feel as if it belongs to an idol. They're not sure that it is right to eat this meat. When they eat it, they feel guilty. But food will not make us closer to God. Refusing to eat does not make us less pleasing to God. And eating does not make us better in God's sight. But be careful with your freedom. Your freedom may cause those who are weak in the faith to fall into sin. Suppose one of you has not. Has not, who has knowledge eats in an idol's temple Someone who is weak of faith might see you eating there This would encourage him to meet the mean sacrifice to idols He really thinks it is wrong So the weak brother is ruined because of your knowledge And Christ died for this brother So when you sin against your brothers in Christ Like this, it causes them to do what they feel is wrong You are also sinning against Christ So if the food I eat makes my brother fall into sin, I will never eat meat again. I will stop eating meat so that I will not cause my brother to sin. And I say that, I read that long passage and I say all that to say that sometimes it's not all about our right to do something. Sometimes it's not all about our right to have an offense. It's not all about our right to be able to have revenge, even if everybody around us says, hey, that's fine, you need to, they did that wrong thing towards you. You have a right to hold that against them, but there are other things that would be better to let go of if it means building God's kingdom even further. And so tonight I want to show you guys just a couple of truths about forgiving offenses, and this is where the important part comes in, and I believe, I, I've talked about this before when I talked about preaching about forgiveness. But there's an important thing that we remember as we give up our right for revenge, and give up our right to have an offense. It's important to realize this. It's, a, it's forgiveness does not mean what they did was okay. Forgiveness does not mean what they did was okay. Just because you forgave someone does not mean that the action or offense they took against you was fine or good. What it's saying is you're giving up your right for revenge. Like I said, I've said this before, but forgiveness is not approving of their actions, but it's approving of God's mercy. It's not approving of their badness, it's approving of God's goodness. You're not, what you're doing is you're not saying what they did was okay, you're saying that the price that Jesus paid to set them free and to set you free was amazing and was awesome, and that should affect you and affect your life. But here's the caveat. Just because you forgive somebody and release an offense against them does not necessarily mean that you need to act 100% okay around them as if nothing had ever happened. To clarify, here is an example, and I wanna hit just on a serious note for a second, that just imagine if somebody was in a situation where they have been you know, physically, verbally, or sexually abused, right? That is an awful, terrible thing to have happened. And I believe the most biblical thing to do is one, get out and get help, and two, forgive the offense. As hard as that sounds, I believe that's the most biblical thing to do in an abusive situation, whether that's through, and like maybe the abuser is an adult, or maybe it's a uh, relationship, like a boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever it looks like, I believe the most biblical thing to do is to get out and get help, and to forgive the offense when you're ready. Again, once you forgive them, and once you're in your heart, you don't even have to say it to their face, but once you forgive them in your heart and release your right for revenge and release the right to hold an offense against them, that does not mean that everything's just hunky-dory around them, right? That does not mean that you just need to act as if nothing had ever happened between you two. All that is saying is that I'm I'm giving up my right for revenge. I'm going to allow God to deal with them on that. I'm not gonna carry this any longer. I'm not gonna let this affect me and my walk with God and my relationship with other people any longer. And so before I move on to that, I do wanna say that if any of you are experiencing in that tough, tough situation, I just wanna encourage you guys to find a trusted adult and seek help, because that is not a situation anybody needs to be in. So forgiveness does not mean what they were doing is okay. It is not a proving of their badness. It's approving of God's goodness. But that doesn't mean you need to act completely normal around them. There are precautions we as people need to take. And the last thing I'm going to leave with you guys is that it takes supernatural power to forgive. This is honestly, it's, depending on how deep the hurt goes, this is not something that we're able to do on our own. And we need to be seeking Jesus to allow him to team up. With us, And we're going to have the opportunity to do that tonight. I'm going to invite the worship team. Come on back up. They're going to do one last song for us. I'm going to leave you guys with this scripture. And I'm going to give you guys an opportunity to respond to this message. It's found in Galatians 2.20. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. That is, in him I have shared his crucifixion. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. It's saying, hey, this life isn't mine anymore. This is God's life. It's no longer I who live. It's Christ who lives and me. And I want to give us an opportunity tonight to release an offense that we have, to take the biblical step and say, it's kind of like what I was saying before during worship, that hey, you don't have to do this 100% perfectly right now. You don't. You don't have to be 100% good at it right in this second, but you do need to take a baby step. Maybe you can't give it all up, but you can say, God, I want to give it all up. I want, to, I want us all to stand up right now. We're just going to bow our heads, close our eyes. We're just going to get with the Holy Spirit. I believe this is super important to catch this. I believe this is super important to catch this. It's hard for us to walk with God. It's hard for us to walk our calling of loving people if we're carrying an offense against somebody. I just want to be sensitive to the Holy Spirit in this time that if anybody in this room wants to be free from an offense or if they even just want to take a small, small baby step to get free from the offense I just want you to come up front and you can stand up here or you can get on your knees whatever. I just want to invite anybody just right now just come on up front. If you want to be set free from an offense you can stand, you can kneel, you can do whatever. feel it in this moment, we know you are working in us. We're taking this small baby step right now to get closer and closer to freedom and walk this journey with you every single day.
2: Just say
0: out that your work will be done in our hearts, that your will will be done in us, that we can forgive our offenders, God. We're not approving of their badness, but we are approving wholeheartedly with your goodness, your grace, and your mercy in our life, God. Jesus, we thank you for your supernatural, world-changing, life-changing love. That you make dead things come to life. Parts of our life that we never thought would come alive again. God, you make come alive. We make dry bones rise. Jesus, we just thank you for who you are. We praise you for this work you have started inside of us, God. We just ask that you do it again in Jesus' name. Let's give him a shout of praise. <clears throat> Someday we're going to come to elevate And this room is going to be full of young people Seeking after God It's going to be an amazing sight But with that you know, As as we get bigger It's going to be harder to stay connected In a bigger group of people And that's why we have our tribes That's why we have our small groups And in fact tomorrow night um, We are going to Andrew's parents house And we're going to have just a big guys night It's going to be a lot of fun Yeah, it's going to be a guys' night. Everybody's invited. All all the guys are invited. Not quite everybody. But we really hope to see you guys there. I'm going to pray one last time before we dismiss. God, I just thank you for who you are. I pray that you just protect us this week and you consecrate us for the mission of building your kingdom in our hearts, in our schools, and in our homes. God, we just praise you and thank you in this place. In Jesus' name. Everybody say Amen. And let give it one last shout of praise